0: Oh, Bernard
1: Wolf, Gummy Bear, oh, Russ, not Fuss, Russ. Kinder, Greg, Peace, Go, Gully, what a guy! Oh, Bobby Walter, Deep. There's Joshua, bow down to Job, ja, bowed in Trevor, smoking to get a poleman, Spark it up, <laughs> Sean Weedman, Jeffrey Cotton, Mouth, Come <laughs> out. Diane Finkers. Stein. David. Bolin. as Big as your Christmas tree, video. Hey. Oh, Justin Knowles. Oh, Glake Masterson. Quality. Oh, Ingrid Gerard. Rudy from CascadeHigerPodcast.com. Rudy. Oh, Pat the Bouncer Dixon. Oh, the weekend. Yo, true. Steven the Hustler, Russell.
2: You got no one to hold
1: Kevin, the Brood Bruce, Renee Shira Patrick. In a few. Wesley the Haggis at Big Screenwood. Cross. And Sasha Honey, Duke Odette. T-Boat, Tim Williams, Tommy Tim Tebow. The Meat Popsicle Steven Joseph Beccaro Brandon Los Pops Begaro uh, Shira, Switch, Lady and Brian Lady. The Big Mac the Mera. Big Mac Patty, Sisu Matuskawa Phil Sisu. Fendi, Peggy Gilbert, Dave, G- the Geode G- G- Stephen Steven swept away But last year's Y'all called me Robin, so I'm going with that from now on. Hood. Hood. Oh no. <laughs> again <Sheboygan laughs> brewing pits. Sheboygan. Rachel Die Obama Dia Merchants. Echo Gators. Adequate We're Johnson probably gonna lose. dance. <laughs> um sun. Martin the rawest water sway.
2: Ross water.
1: Richie, Richie, Mia Mule, Mule Glasgow. Thank you for that the me. coffee. Mark the Nuclear oh, nu- Farmer Home Mayor. The n-
2: Nuclear Farmer oh. Sarah
1: Compass Haynes, Eric Roberson Daniel Fundip Sharp Kill Bill Cottrell Bob Death Marth Trombley DMT
2: the, DMT, DMT the God
1: Molecule And our one-off Mike, Scout's Honor Mathias Matthias
3: You're tuned to The Trail Show.
2: Get on the trail! Long-time listener, first-time caller.
3: Arriba, 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 tota! It's The Trail Show. Bam! Ah! Featuring Lawton Disco Grinter.
2: Never slap a man
3: who's chewing tobacco.
4: Felicia P.O.D. Hermosillo.
3: I'm
1: against historical trash.
4: Mike Di Dilo DiLorenzo. Embrace the brutality. June 8th, Special 41, Daoud. And I
5: can't help but think that, you know, Trail
3: Show Bob. Daniel, out of order, Alvarez. What's up, Trail Show? And now broadcasting live from Boulder, Colorado, it's the Trail Show.
2: Coming to you live from the Bobby Walter Studio in Boulder, Colorado, and Salida, Colorado's historic beer district, this is the Trail Show. The Trail Show podcast is the longest-running monthly hiking podcast on the planet and has been downloaded over 1 million times in 160 countries across the globe. We are on air, on demand, and heard worldwide on all your favorite apps and at the thetrailshow.com. This is our Christmas Spectacular People.
1: Happy Holidays! Beauty,
2: that was a heck of a lot of singing in the opening bit. My, oh my hat's God. off I, to you. That was- Can I just
1: say to Trail Show Nation, Thank you so much to our donors. Those are our monthly donors. Thank you for sticking with us. And to everyone else, it was supposed to be a Christmas present, but it was more like coal in your stocking, and I apologize.
6: Hot coal. Yep. Is this not the first track of a Christmas album?
2: Yeah, I thought special was up next. (laughs) Singing uh, Tannenbaum."
1: What do you guys think of my Christmas hat?
2: It looks uh, very
5: Scroogey. Is that what you call that?
1: Yes, yeah, this is my Christmas hat. I wear it around school on it Fridays. Looks, the kids love it. It looks
5: dehydrated. Yeah, yeah. I'm just not sure what's going on with it. I don't know if it's the the video it's quality elzy. or what, but it just looks like you've got some uh, some like remnants from a Christmas party that are glued on top of a hat.
1: Well, that's what elsewhere. They're all like mismatchy and like scrappy.
5: Scrappy. And it's, it's
1: ironic because I'm a giant.
5: <laughs> it look It looks like one. One singular Christmas dreadlock.
1: Yeah. It
5: does look a little Nazi dread-y.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, yeah. I'll tell you what, the kids love it. And especially since I'm such a meanie, the fact that I walk around Thursday, the day before break, wearing this Christmas hat and the spirit.
2: They, they love it. it. The kids love it. Before we mm-hmm. start with Mike DiLorenzo's Beer of the Month, I have to make a quick announcement. D'Lo mm-hmm. was called away... At the last minute to the border wall project again that he's been working off and on on and apparently there's some sort of sense of urgency to try and get as much done as possible in the next four weeks i i have no idea why but uh we hope to have dilo back on the (laughs) january show to find out what the heck's going on and we're just gonna have to hoist beer without him what are yeah what are you
6: guys drinking this is out of order and i I stole one of my dad's Blue Moons, which I just realized is from the from Blue Denver. Moon Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you drove all the way to Florida to drink I know. Colorado
2: beers. What's Well, I
6: wanted to come out here to make sure the Florida Trail is still here. Okay. So, very important research. Pretty
5: messed up. You didn't get yourself some Cigar City to, you know. Yeah. You, you you could have really taken this opportunity to rub rub it in Disco's face. Yeah, I would have been
6: weepy. Yeah, uh, I had to track uh, down some Florida man. Oh, and since you're
1: driving, you can fill up that trunk. Christmas in a car.
6: Get that junk <laughs> you in your I trunk. Clearly, haven't yep. met my wife and <laughs> seen her pack. Oh, is there? <laughs> Do you think we have extra room?
1: <laughs> well, you just gotta get the beer first.
2: The Happy Hops IPA from. Russian River Brewing Company. Some of you may know that name. This is a very quaffable
4: Mm
2: -hmm. 6.5% ABV India Pale Ale from Russian River Brewing Company out of Santa Rosa, California. I got a nice 510 milliliter bottle, care of POD, care of Trail Show Nation. So thank you.
1: Yeah, I'm having that one too. And it's actually, I like it.
2: Yeah, it's good.
5: Uh, I'm drinking the uh, the prickly pear sour from uh, Sinitas Brewing. Ooh. Oh, I like that one. That's a. It has a number sixteen on it, but I don't know what that means.
0: Hmm. Hmm.
5: It's. It, it looks like a fancy sixteen. It's. It's in a wreath of some kind. A wreath. Mm-hmm. As in Aretha
2: Franklin.
6: <laughs>
0: they use. They use sixteen
6: bubblegum. bubble gum. Pears per bottle. How many? Sixteen.
1: Oh. Well, they're pretty small. But that's still a lot.
5: Well, it says hints of bubblegum watering that up, so <laughs> mm. okay. Bubblegum
0: for the
2: win. Well, I tell you what, we've got our trail of the month in ten minutes. So can we go to the hotline for a call or two before we do trail of the month?
0: Call the trail show.
3: Call
4: the
6: trail show. We'll go to our first call, which is an update from a trail show favorite.
4: Is this the trail show? Um This is uh, Grandma Gatewood cutting from uh, the Green Mountain Hostel in Vermont. Um, I've been hiking for a couple hundred years and I... I was calling the trailer trail show to let a couple of people know that... that Grandma Gabriel wants to talk to you about archaic ways of hiking and cans. No hikers are using cans anymore. And I don't understand the deal with that. What's wrong with cans? Everyone's got tuna packets and chicken packets and, you know, all these things that come in unrecyclable plastics. And, well, you know, why can't we just go back to using cans? Back in my day, we carried thousands of pounds on our backs, and we were able to carry recyclable things like, cans um the trail show's favorite being beer cans anyways if you would like to put this on your show or program or whatever you're calling it you know i'm 275 years old and and so i don't know all the the jargon and lingo and ultralight jerk or you know who knows whatever kind of american lint's doing these days Uh, i just want people to know that there are plenty of uses for cans and maybe hikers could stand to carry a little more weight and you know use something other than i don't think your grocery bag
6: there you go from grandma gatewood herself
2: from the dead (laughs) ladies and gentlemen from the dead cans um
6: is that yeah, cans. Not
2: question? bad. And you
6: know, the the great thing about cans is that if you just leave them there, they will become historical trash. That's
2: right. Hmm. <laughs> and then POD can appreciate them.
6: <laughs> I can. We have um, an an update too. Yeah. On a friend well, maybe a friend of the Trail show, but definitely a person of interest at the Trail show.
3: Hey, Trail Show. This is Joshua Bowden. to Ja Bowden.
0: Yeah!
3: I just finished listening to episode 99 about the hero. And uh, I heard you guys talking about Meadow Ed, if he was alive or not. Well, I can tell you that as of April 2019, I think, I met Meadow Ed. Um, I had just started the PCT, I guess, that day. It was the 26th but got to I forget the name of the campground 20 miles in. And there were a bunch of people doing some trail magic. They were some kind of leftover people that wanted to do some ad to type stuff. Because that mm-hmm. wasn't going on anymore. They kind of were doing some trail magic right there. And Meadow Ed was there. I didn't know that was Meadow Ed, but that is, um, I figured out later that's who that was. And he was doing something kind of interesting. He was weighing everybody, all the hikers that came through, because he was working on like a diet plan. Seems like the idea was you would hike for a month or two and lose weight that way if you're trying to lose weight. So he was trying to weigh people at the campground and then he was going to weigh people at Kennedy Meadows, you know, 700 or so miles later, which was interesting enough, but Meadow Ed lives. What? (laughs) He's weighing people? Meadow Ed (laughs) lives. And
6: he's discovering that hiking, you can lose weight. I wonder if there's another
2: person named Meadow Ed that is not the Meadow Ed we're referring to. But something doesn't add up with the person he just described as <laughs>
5: Meadow Ed to me. So
6: um, you think this is a I, don't know. I feel citing.
5: like uh, Wayne, people sounds like Meadow Ed.
2: Okay. Oh. Okay. And I do I do know he likes Kennedy Meadows. So that, that adds uh. up. Well, yeah, yeah, he
5: used to do his birthday there all the time.
2: Okay, well, let's hold the rest of the calls for for later. I think she was going to hop on the hotline here in a hot minute. Shira, welcome.
7: Nice to see everyone.
2: Nice to see you. It's uh, hey, I was hey. looking at the archives, and you were last on the show February of twenty nineteen to talk about your work with Onda, the Oregon. Uh,
0: right.
7: <laughs> yeah. Get on the trail, everyone.
2: Get on the trail. That's right. Um, quick plug for Onda, O-N-D-A dot O-R-G. Um, are you still working there? I should ask.
7: I am. Yeah. Okay. Year five. Wow.
1: Right. Good for you. Congrats. It's a big commitment for a long distance hiker.
7: Well, they... You know, I was really attracted to the idea of getting to establish the Oregon Desert Trail, and and I just got really interested in all the conservation work going on, so it's been a a fun ride.
1: Shira, what are you drinking tonight?
7: I am indulging in the Deschutes Brewery Red Chair. It's their seasonal, Mm. uh, my favorite. So it just went out for sale last week, and it's named after one of the ski lifts up on Mount Uh Bachelor. What is it? Um, it's a red ale. Let me see. I'll pull a DLO here. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's bundle up beside the citrusy smooth ale that's an insider's ride to fresh thrills.
2: Very nice.
1: Well, sure, we're excited to have you on tonight. Um, thanks for guesting to talk to us about the Blue Mountain Trail. Um, All good mentioned it last episode when he was on briefly for our 100th show. Um, and we were like, well, we were going to do Iceland, but who cares about that? Let's do the blue mountain trail instead. So, uh, anyway, so, so talk to us about the blue mountain trail. It sounds like you guys pioneered the the route and, uh, yeah, tell us about it. Give us the dates.
7: Yeah. I first, well, we're very lucky to have gotten out within our home state right now in COVID world to, to spread our, stretch our legs and hike some, um, but this is a new long distance route in northeastern Oregon. I first heard about it when I was doing my circuit of presentations about the Oregon Desert Trail. Ended up in La Oregon, and met some folks uh, from the organization, the Greater Hells Canyon Council, that have been trying to put this trail together for 60 years now. So, through a, a, a long and storied history, the effort and the idea has been around, but it hasn't actually been put together, uh, what's on the ground. And in 60 years, a lot has changed between the trails that were hikeable and the trails that have been affected by fire or just haven't been maintained. So the idea was, let's see what's on the ground. So Greater Hills Canyon Council made in an effort about a year ago, let's make this trail happen. And so they hired um, someone and they got a bunch of volunteers, uh, including myself and All Good and uh, Mike and Naomi to get out there and start actually trying to make this thing a real, a real trail.
2: Wow. How long is it, or how long is it going to be when it's done ish?
7: Yes. The idea is just about 600 miles. So it's tracing the mountain range of the blue mountains, which range from the Elkhorn um, Crest trail, which is this amazing high Alpine Um, Experience over to um, some of the deepest canyons, the Hells Canyons, actually deeper than the Grand Canyon, um, to the Wallawa Mountains, which is a granite. It's really interesting. This part of Oregon is a volcanic, uh, surrounded by volcanic mountains. So it's an island of granite in basalt. Um, So it's really interesting geology um, picture, you know, the High Sierra or the Wind River Range, that kind of granite. So um, that's the eastern terminus of the trail is in the Eagle Cat Mountains. Um, There's just an incredible diversity of terrain, canyons, um, rivers, high alpine. Um, There's some road walking. So right now I don't even know the breakdown. We are trying to see what's on the ground and unfortunately a lot of these trails we that were drawn on the map weren't actually there. (laughs) So as many of you who have looked at a map and say, let's go hike that, we found either um, they were mapped incorrectly or potentially um, have been damaged due to natural disaster fire. There was a lot of flooding this year which washed away some trails. And then trying to connect those known sections with roads and um, a little bit of cross country here and there. But I think the long-term vision is to open up those trails, rehabilitate those areas, um, find the trails that we couldn't find. There were some that we just couldn't even find traces of. Um, so wow. open up what we can. Um, and then potentially there might always be a road walk. I could see it be developing a lot like the Oregon Desert Trail where I have alternates. So you can choose to hike and get the short way to town and maybe that's more road or go to the super scenic Um, walk around and, you know, there's tons of of Native American indigenous history there uh, from the Nez Pierce tribe. In fact, when I finished the Continental Divide Trail, I went to Chief Joseph, uh, Chief Mountain um, exit there in the Canadian border. And so their their journey began uh, in Oregon on the Blue Mountains Trail. They were chased by the U.S. Army over a thousand miles to Montana and then Canada. So there's a ton of history to learn about. Mm. There's a lot of gold mining. Um, There's a lot of, uh, yeah, so that mining history, a lot of homesteading history. Um, It's really wild to dive in. And I feel like my learning's just beginning, even though I've immersed myself and spent, so I spent six and a half weeks hiking it all. I started in August and did a hundred mile section between the town of John Day and the little community of Austin Junction. And then in October, I went to the other end and connected my footsteps to just about 500 mile hike in a month. Um, and I started soon after Whitney, or right around the same time Whitney, um, Mike and I, and we finished. So we overlapped some. I started before they did, but I finished after they did. So we traded water data because we also didn't know what was on the ground. Where's the water? Is it reliable? Right.
2: Well, let's talk about that. So, what sure. I mean, Northeast yeah. Oregon, it's got to be dry ish. Like, what is the water situation out there?
7: I was surprised at how much water was available. So, I was walking, there was a 50 mile ridge, ridge walk once you got up to Hells Canyons. So we we're walking a thousand feet above the Snake River. Um, there were springs along the way, and most of those springs in October were flowing. So, I was mm shocked because the Oregon desert trails is just a few hundred miles to the south and has very little water in October or in the, in the fall and you can't rely on the springs. So I was really pleasantly surprised at how much water there was, um, throughout my hike. So I didn't really have a water, have water stress, um, no. because of that, even though I was kind of making educated guesses at where my next source would be sometimes.
2: And you didn't have to cache any water or anything like that?
7: At some point, so Ron Moak uh, was supporting, from Six Moon Designs, was supporting, um, we called them the Intrepid Trio, that was a name that um, one of the trail angels had designated for Whitney, Mike, and so the Intrepid Trio was supported by Ron a couple times, and so they at one point up on Hat Creek, or not Hat Creek Room, um, on Hell's Canyon, uh, they left me some water where we thought it might have been a dry stretch, turns out it was not, there was a a spring, like less than a mile from where they drop water for me. But wow. um, so then I,
2: <laughs> so, yeah. so if, if I'm hearing you correctly, they did a supported hike and you did an unsupported <laughs> hike. Is that, <laughs> is that what I'm hearing? I mean, I, I just, you know,
7: well, I didn't have anyone meeting me in a sweet Sprinter van um, with beer and food, but I was helped out by quite a few people I had mailed resupply boxes to several folks, and then they met me with snacks and beer on the trail. So it's it's very similar. In a way, it was supported, but I got a ton of support by the folks that work at Greater House Canyon Council and their board members. And also, there was a lot of curiosity, this being hmm. a new idea that's a new old idea. So some folks had known that there was some kind of trail in the works, but the small communities I passed through were really interested and stoked to help out. Um, really? I did my August hike. Yeah. When I did my August hike, I wanted it to be self-supported. So I dropped a bike at Austin junction and was gonna, so hike the hundred miles and bike back to my car, which was a much shorter bike ride only like 20, 25 miles. Um, but the, the store there, let me store my bike. I came back. I had, um, breakfast, and then she ended up. That was where I ended my hike in, in uh, October. So I was able to meet Christy mm. again at the Austin store, and she had then met the Intrepid Trio. And it was just so fun Hi. to have a few of these interactions in just a few months, and really start talking about what a hiking culture would be in this area.
1: Mm. You know, that sounds a little different from the Oregon Desert Trail, based on what I heard from from All Good. Um you know yeah I don't know.
7: you know there have been very uh open armed businesses and supporters and the towns are fewer and far between and they might not even be open or that yeah i think when tomato heights through i don't know if you talked to tomato about it um he sent a package to a post office and then that person just never showed up to work that day so
1: <laughs> yeah no he's always he's always told us Whoa. that he can't be on the show for the oregon desert trail because he hated it so much <laughs>
7: Well, the memory, it's rose-colored glasses, because he now, I don't think he says hate. He just says, yeah, you know. (laughs) Yeah. His tune has changed a little bit, I think.
2: You can't trust Tomato anyway. (laughs) I mean, that guy, you know, he doesn't drink water, apparently. So I don't trust people that don't drink water. I just don't. It just, you know, something's not right there. So talking about the towns, is this a mail drop? predominantly mail drop only kind of trail or do some of the towns you go through actually have grocery stores big enough to resupply it
7: right so the 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 issue is the first half of the trail um, unless I had sent resupply boxes to actual people who met me um, there were no businesses no no infrastructure the organization is trying really hard to identify, you know, this as potentially a business opportunity. Maybe there's someone that lives nearby that would, you know, open or receive packages or for the first couple of years, maybe there's someone, and I was even thinking of the Continental Divide trail of bear boxes. Like what if there was a place with a a combo lock? Yeah. And, you know, someone would drop it off and you have the combo and you come pick up your, your package. So, we're, I'm trying to help them and, and the other accomplished hikers we're trying to help them think through this and and create this trail and have have it be through hikeable. because we thought you know if we can hike it all then it's done. like it's doable. you can do it and that's just figure out how to make it easier for the next people and smooth out some of those rough edges. Um, but then you get to towns like Legrand, which is has a safe way there's a university there, there's a brewery. Le Grand is an amazing little town. It's right by a ski resort, Anthony Lakes, which you hike through. Um, There are businesses that are only open seasonally, so if you're, you know, in October a lot of the businesses, maybe seasonal businesses, were um, closed or had reduced hours. So I think your when you're hiking will play into that, but mail drops as well. Uh, It was a combination of all of that.
2: So you mentioned you did a section in August like what's the season for the trail and was August a little warm out there?
7: August was very warm when I started in John Day um so I it's also starts right from town so you can just park and walk out of town which is I I really like that. That's great. 99 degrees when I left and I had about a 4,000 foot climb
1: (laughs) oh my god it was brutal why were you out there then
7: it was the only it was the week I had asked off for I it was just logistics and timing
0: oh
7: um and they had just chipped sealed the roads with this black fresh tar, and then I was walking the first few miles Uh. on this black road and a hundred degrees but fortunately, well, I also didn't know water, and I was carrying seven days of food. So I, I drove up partway and dropped water and food. You know, I had my food. I dropped the things I didn't need on my back and just self-supported, uh, slack-packed myself the first maybe five miles. And then I stayed in the shade until almost dark and then hiked up to the top in the, mm. in the evening. <laughs> it was brutal.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah. Jeez.
7: But that was just the time I had, and I got caught in some lightning storms. It's not quite on par with Colorado, but one night I think there were over a thousand strikes in that part of Oregon, and there were fires. There were fires all around, and I didn't know where, so that was kind of a stressful day. But that day I happened to be walking up to a fire tower lookout, an active one, but the lookout was so busy, like on the radio the whole time, I just had to... And like, okay, I'll keep walking. They would have hopefully said something. There was no smoke the direction I was going. So, so fires are a big problem. <laughs> wow! <laughs> yeah,
2: and the, it was quite the fire season <laughs> in Oregon. Well, everywhere in the West it seems like this year. So I guess you kind of threaded the needle there, and you were right. your hike we, wasn't impacted by any fires.
7: Well, the intrepid trio got caught in that that time because they started uh, beginning of September the fire started the Monday of Memorial Day and so they had hazardous air quality like the Mm. whole state of Oregon it was off the charts like it didn't wasn't even on the charts anymore and so a few folks were you know checking in are you sure you want to hike it's really bad you probably don't know how bad it is but they kind of they went slow and tried to be smart about it and going and and then, you know, so I was hiking in the shoulder season. I think fall will be a great time. There's a few river crossings that, mm. depending on the, there, there's a free-flowing river you cross, and I think it could be an issue in the spring. Um, so I think, yeah, it's mid, mid to late summer and fall. I did get caught in some a snowstorm when I hit the Elkhorn Crest Trail, which is about 8,000 feet, and exposed like 20 a mile long crest trail um it had single digits but it was funny and then i went to get oh my God. water from the lake nearby and it was frozen solid i just was like ding my pot
0: <laughs> Whoa.
7: yeah it was a real cold snap for most of the month in october it was warm i had 60 degree days i didn't have a frost the first three weeks i was out there and then it went down to single digits um
0: but That's funny so
7: 60 degree weather on Halloween so you, so was, you, you started know. and
1: it was 100 degrees right and then when you finished it was single digits or I guess at the <laughs>
0: yes.
1: one spot is that what kind of weather is yeah. normal for that stretch or average for that time of year <laughs>
7: good for question that time of year? i don't know i'm i'm not quite sure that was um i've been up to that part of oregon before but um i think snow is not unusual in september Um, much like Central Oregon. So I'm in Bend. uh, We can get a freeze almost any time of the year. I think there are parallels, but we're a little drier. They have a diverse ecosystem. I think one of the most interesting things about this place, it's a biological hotspot. And it's also um, super important to habitat connectivity to the Rocky Mountains. So this is the key corridor to go because it's along the Snake River, which runs into the Columbia, to the ocean. So it is um, super important habitat and because it's a climate refugia as well. So um, it holds a lot of that water. It has a lot of big game, still a lot of really important species there. Um, so I think, yeah, I don't know what that has to do with weather, but <laughs> it seemed to make sense.
2: To no, that's <laughs> it's really cool. The, What? why do you think it took 60 years for this trail to come together
7: well the 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 guys who were originally interested in creating it um in dick Hensey and lauren hughes uh were just avid backpackers and horse packers and lived in that area but they had other jobs so they were um, they were very active environmentalists, but it was just like time passed and families and jobs when this yeah. is just a side interest. And then they got an actual trail organization going around 2010, and things were really moving. But then there was a big personal loss in one of their their lives, and that kind of derailed their interests. And then um, just not both men have passed away so that was also you know just who's going to take this on and so it was the greater house canyon council deciding through a strategic planning process a few years ago yes we are going to do this like this is almost a legacy project and it's a way to talk about what's important in northeastern oregon not a lot of folks go to eastern oregon even though it's amazing
0: hmm.
7: um, so a way to talk about what's important about these places about the snake river so there are Um, you know tribes trying to and and conservation groups and a lot of individuals interested in removing the dams on the snake river which are hampering the salmon ability to go upstream and um, you know a food source for a lot of a lot of people so there are a lot of important issues a lot of logging issues and um, yeah so again much like the oregon desert trail like can we connect hikers to some of the conservation issues in these places because i think you know, a lot of us uh, believe it's time for hikers to take a more active role in the places we walk through uh, and spend time in. So, mm-hmm.
1: do you hear that buck 30? Do you hear that?
7: <laughs> Don't just yeah, be a he,
1: taker. He's
2: got an earplugs. He didn't hear that at all.
0: Oh,
1: no. He was too busy mowing <laughs> down on his, you know, little Debbie resupply. <laughs> anyway, um, Shira, what's the website for um, the trail organization?
7: org. okay housecanon.org. housecanon.org
1: and you have an online journal
7: yeah. i do
1: yeah com. So have cool
7: and i know whitney's working on his blog all good's working on his blog so um
0: that'll be hard yeah, to read though was, with
1: all the misspellings
2: <laughs> yeah does he dictate that into his iphone and, and let like do the audio to speech conversion like what happens
7: i I don't know. I hate spelling too. Spelling's my best spell checker's my best friend. For sure.
2: We need to get <laughs> Whitney
7: uh, We need
2: to get we. the trail show needs to give Whitney a, a year-long subscription to Grammarly as yeah. a Christmas gift. But.
1: Oh man, we're just beating that's on everybody idea. who's not here.
2: Yeah, that's what we do.
1: <laughs> that's right.
2: Is there anything else about the Blue Mountain Trail you want to get out there before we move along
7: yeah so we're in a strategic planning process i've joined their trails committee to help this become a reality um so we'll have a clear path forward for next steps Um, but i think hoping to have some some sections out uh for folks maybe later this year but i would expect uh maybe 2022 to have the like a guidebook and stuff Um, but we're working hard at trying to figure out what we need to do to put it all together so stay tuned wow
1: that's great
2: well shira thanks so much for coming on the show The website is shirahikes.com go check out all her blog posts about the blue mountain trail and um real quick before we let you go any 2021 plans hiking plans
7: um no okay <laughs> <laughs> I might do some pack rafting, but I know I'm not allowed to talk about. No, that, no,
2: no. We so. don't. This isn't no. a pack rafting podcast. I'm sorry.
7: No, no. So I'll take that to the pack raft show.
2: Okay. <laughs> Excellent. All right, Shira. Thanks so much.
7: All right. Thanks for having me.
2: All right, Happy you. holidays.
7: Bye. You too.
2: All right, folks. We have to take a break. When we come back, who knows? Maybe we'll have a little mailbag. Maybe a little hotline. But first, we're going to have trail news when we get back. So don't go anywhere. All right, folks, Trail Show is back. Before we get into trail news, I just cracked offering number two, which is the Sentimental IPA from local Salida, Colorado's Soul Craft Brewing Company. This is probably my favorite beer of theirs. I do like the low viz, too, but the Sentimental is quite lovely. And it's called that because it's made with Centennial Hops. But that's a story for another day.
1: Ah, uh, that's why it's misspelled.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we have trail news with special
3: forty-one. Here it is.
5: All right. Well, I'm I'm drinking another beer too. I'm drinking the sippin' pretty fruited sour from Odell Brewing Company. Mm. Um, let's see. Mm. So Uh, You know, I feel like it's been slow, slow news, uh, uh, at least in the trail world, but there have been some things that have happened. I just happened across some little Reddit um, thread or whatever uh, that just talked briefly about the uh, PCT slash West Coast fire summary, and it's just a few quick lines, but I'm going to read it real quick because I thought it was uh, interesting, and this was posted by... Gen Star 9. Uh, six fires crossed the PCT for a total of 81.08 uh, trail miles directly affected. Six of the largest 10 fires in California in 50 years happened this year. Four of the largest 10 fires in Oregon in 50 years happened this year. Two of the largest fires in Washington in 50 years happened this year. And the California August Complex burned over a million acres uh by far the worst uh fire in 50 years so yeah pretty big year for 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 burning stuff uh on the west coast and honestly with that amount of that amount of uh fires that happened i'm a little surprised that it was only 81 miles of trail that were uh, directly affected
1: yeah, you know, the fire situation, like there was so much going on, it was kind of not worth reporting. Plus it was actually in the news like every day. Yeah. This summer. But there were a few. Um, I listened to uh NPR sometimes in the morning and there were a few reports about, you know, they're checking in on different fires and, and what was alarming was how like there were towns that just disappeared overnight. So like several times this summer.
5: Yeah, I, if you remember, I think it was I think it was last year there was that town of Paradise that got totally wiped mm-hmm. out. Well, that that story on a smaller scale uh, definitely played out a number of times this yes. year with with all of the fires. Uh-huh. I mean, here in the in the front range of Colorado, for most of the summer, there was smoke. You know, from some fires somewhere west of here, uh, whether that was ones that were right up the road or right over the hill uh or or one's uh smoke that was coming in from um you know some of the large fires all over the west coast this year it's it's been a bad year for fires um and gosh i sure hope it's better next year Mm
0: -hmm.
5: on a whole bunch of levels
1: i went running a couple Uh times with a mask on it was horrible
5: (laughs) yeah yeah it's, it's
1: not pleasant to run with a mask on
5: yeah it's just not uh, let's see. So um, I'm going to do another story. Let's see. This one is about uh, a a large um, amount of human feces and other overuse impacts that were uh, encountered in the Ice Lakes area. This is in the San Juan Range near Silverton.
2: Oh yeah, oh, I've been up
5: there. No. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm not surprised. There was also there was also a wildfire that burned about 600 acres uh, near the, the, the trailhead there too. Um, but yeah, they basically were talking this, I, I read a couple of articles, I guess it was kind of a reprint, um, but it talked about this summer, it was 400 to 600 hikers a day, every day of the week. Uh, and a lot of people walking and exploring off trail
4: Um, and obviously
5: in an area that's like a high alpine sensitive all high alpine areas are sensitive environments alpine environments are sensitive and if you can just imagine any alpine area that you know that's pretty and then it getting trampled by 400 or 600 people a day up there you know get uh even even if they're trying to not be high impact and stuff like that, 400 to 600 people a day every day. That's you, you're gonna see you're gonna see a lot of impact. And then there were people that were uh, you're not supposed to camp next to the lake. People were camping right next to the lake. Of course. Uh, and since there's really nowhere up there in terms of bathroom facilities, people were just doing it right next to their tents and since their tents were right next to the lake oh. obviously there was you know, like it's really- oh, no. people were just uh and and then fires uh people were building fires um uh, up high as well uh fires have long reaching impacts in the alpine environment if you scorch alpine soils it can take over a decade for for those soils, It can take decades uh, for yeah. those soils to to regenerate, um, yeah, no, and, and you ahead. know, and if you do it on like a rock, you're going to scar that rock. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we've all seen uh, black scarred rocks. So you, you we you can it doesn't take a whole lot to imagine 400 or 600 people a day, probably plenty of them with less than less than stellar leave no trace education or practices uh and and then uh imagining how much how much pee and how much poop and how much tp and how much trash and how many fires and how many tramplings that that is and i guess i don't i don't know what to say about this other than you You know this really this really does drive home the the importance of 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 knowing your leave no trace practices like if you if you cannot when i say leave no trace like come up with the seven principles lickety splitting your own i gotta tell you you're not you're not as high at leave no trace as you
1: might think well the thing and, is and special is that the 400 all of to 500 be people about it yeah to the 400 and 500 people matter. that are hiking up there they're not like oh i don't leave no trace but that's no, not no. that's not what's happening you know it's the people, with, not all, people but, well and it's but, not 400 500 is, people camping it's 400 to 500 people going up there but you know people go up early they wide. have their coffee and then they got to take a dump <laughs> and it's the people with the giant packs and buck 30 that are doing the surface pooing
2: uh, so you know
5: buck 30s sob God. well in any case you know uh, part of part of leave no trace is being able to do effective communication with other people in my opinion it's not actually one of the seven principles but you know if you if you really want to be about uh um protecting the outdoors i think it's important for all of us to be able to with a level head and and with some some knowledge be able to to engage people when when you might see them surface pooping or whatever the case may be yeah. uh as as well as just you know when you're taking um when you're taking friends that maybe aren't as experienced in the outdoors uh, knowing how to be able to drop some knowledge on them in a way that's not not like you're up there being mr luxury but you're you're giving them some good tips and pointers and knowledge about how to how to minimize their impact um and and you know part part of this too is, yeah, it's probably a pretty beautiful spot. Otherwise, you wouldn't have 400 to 600 people going up there every day. Maybe there's some other more beautiful spots as well that you can go to that are a little little harder to get to. Uh, and then you, and then you're spreading out and not having all. all but the again,
1: you're you're, so, you're preaching to the choir, and it's a good sermon. But the reality uh, is that. We need a I'm systematic saying, change.
5: I'm not, I'm not, I, I agree. But what I'm saying is for our audience, I think that our audience are probably not the kind of people that are going out there and surface pooping or Except going out Buck there 30. and doing all this kind of stuff. Now that doesn't mean that, that, that all of us on this show, let alone all of our audience are as awesome as we could be at Leave No Trace. And I do think that one of the ways that, that, that in the hiking community that, that we, Aren't as great as we could be is learning how to pass on the knowledge, and that's that's I think what I'm what I'm trying to use this uh, as as a, as a this story as like an encouragement for is that is that you know you can help um, to prevent stuff like this from happening, and and the, the. The kicker is is that you, you don't see a story like this not happening, right? If this right. doesn't happen in a beautiful spot, there's not an article in the paper to say, hey, you know, there's no real heavy impacts in this beautiful spot that people went to. So let's all spread the word and get, get better and up spread
2: our game. Spread the word, but don't spread so
1: the turd. Be-
5: there you go
2: is, <laughs> that, <laughs> is that the new tagline we're going it for it's
1: spread the word ha- and the turd hashtag spread the to, word spread the word and the turd because you're supposed to you know you mix it with the dirt spread, and everything
5: spread the word stir the turd
1: yeah oh
5: <laughs>
2: you know i
1: think next summer i'm gonna just stay up at ice lakes all summer and, and just yell like at people gawk in the morning and i'm gonna find people surface booing. i'm just gonna pop the squat on the rock be like, hey! When you, as soon as you're gonna pinch that off, let's let's have a talk. I'll be right here. when Are I you can tell them do how it to, to it finish day. it off. <laughs> yes,
2: I'll be right I'll here watching, watching you
5: day. wipe. <laughs> that'll that'll be a perfect one. As a as a flip side to to the things getting trashed story, uh, I saw another story um, uh, about uh, Willow Glen residents helping to clean clean up the streets and trails. And so this thing keeps reloading and, and blanking it out. Anyway, it was a group of people that over the last several months have been getting together regularly and cleaning up their areas hmm. and doing so as like just kind of a, a club sort of scenario. Where's so, Willow Glen? Um, Where's that? Uh, I, is that Cali? you know, that's a good question. But this page, this page doesn't want to read. It's the South Bay area somewhere. Okay. But I'm not entirely sure where yeah and the thing keeps reloading and not actually loading the text so i'm not sure we'll move on to the next story okay um this one's out of idaho kind of an interesting one uh they are trying to sort of uncover this 120 year old mining trail in the frank church wilderness so oh, uh clay
1: worked on that clay worked on that
5: yeah so I, I i i this is part of the reason i brought it up is is uh um i was pretty sure that uh that they, they were, were gonna...
1: unsuccessful ooh
5: y- yeah they
1: oh, I don't know. it's Idaho, hell man that yeah. that's basically what it came down to they yeah they didn't find much
5: sure yeah so um <laughs> they, they not even like a... portions portions of it have been <laughs> have been um found and they they did do some efforts to find more but a, a lot of it's just overgrown washed out and uh, I mean, probably probably wasn't for, like super like established trail to begin yeah. with from what i can and i think it's even gather. overgrown
1: for I, for idaho from what i've heard and that's mm. that means that's, it's, that's saying it's gone
5: It's, <laughs> it's yeah. Not yeah and so so this was a the trail was originally about 50 miles long and uh, a couple of guys basically built it um, using funds that they collected from, from miners and stuff. They, they took them two years to build it. And shortly thereafter, the, 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 the gold rush basically went, went out. Um, and so this, this trail pretty immediately fell into disrepair. Um, and so you can imagine like 50 miles, probably not super well trodden, not maybe scratched out and built real well anyway uh, probably wasn't a whole lot to really find Um, but they did uh, there were some things that have been found uh, and I just thought it was kind of an interesting uh, article about uh, one of the last trails that was constructed during the 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 gold rush era uh, Idaho's gold rush era
6: the old trails that can that were actually used for a while they're pretty sticky on the ground. I've I've found some trails in the mm-hmm. boundary waters between lakes that you know probably hadn't been used in hundreds of years or 100 years, hundred and fifty years, and you can still see them. But they but those are the kind of trails that were used for hundreds and hundreds of years, and they were worn down into the dirt. I don't know. This trail sounds yeah. like it just wasn't there. And a long lot long of a lot of
5: those there. types of no. trails were. From- a lot of those types of trails, too, also started out as game trails and were maybe used by, you know, indigenous people. And and then once people came along with stock animals, they take advantage of those. And so it's it's kind of an iterative process. So to go out and kind of go like, oh, we're going to carve out a, a new trail and, and then have it stick around when it doesn't really get used.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
5: yeah kind of working against nature at that point.
1: Yeah. Idaho. Good. There luck. was I forget
5: cool. I forget which uh which um trail documentary <laughs> it was, but there's one that there's this old man who's on a trail crew and 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 he's got this grizzled look about him and he goes, "Nature abhors the trail."
1: <laughs> That's a great hashtag too. And I always, <laughs> I always thought it was
5: just great like it's it's so right and it's the reason that that You know, you've got to have trail maintenance and you've got to have people walk the trail. Otherwise, otherwise, nature's going to overgrow it and take it back.
2: Nature will abhor that trail. (laughs) All right. right. There it is with all the news that was fit to be heard. Special 41, thank you. And he just ran out the door. But he's back. I'm back. Here I am. There he is. Okay. We had a couple of mailbag items this month. Triple O. Would you care to to run with the mailbag this evening? I just put you on the spot. You weren't prepared to take over the mailbag duties. Yes.
6: Dear Trail Show, thank you for everything you all do to create a fun, honest, and responsible place for anybody who cares about long-distance hiking. There are lots of other hiking podcasts. Seems like a new one pops up every day, but none of them seem to capture the spirit of it like you all do. So, thank you again. P.S., I just watched the documentary last weekend. Your Triple Crown speeches at the end were hilarious. Thanks again, Tim Hoochens. Hooch! Hashtag Mud Falcon Forever.
2: Wow. <laughs> did, did, did D'Lo write this? Like, this sounds uh, pr-
6: too friendly. <laughs> The hooch. The hooch. Yeah, I know. clearly a fan. A okay. shout out to the Walkingary, which deserves deserves the, the good well, review.
2: And the speeches he was referencing. And to
6: Mud Falcons, which
2: Yeah, always. POD wrote those speeches. I did. You gave us each a little speech.
1: I did. Oh, Disco was our own little princess. He got the most princessy crown.
2: For simultaneously heating and scenting the tent. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think that a word would go to be now.
6: Anyway. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's good.
2: <laughs> All right, Tim Hutchins, thank you.
6: <laughs> Hooch. Hoochins. Letter number two. <laughs> Hoochins. Hoochins. Letter two. Dear Trail Show, congrats on episode one hundred. It was cool to not watch as opposed to not listen to the show and drink beer with you guys at the same time. Disco's graphics, especially the updated scoreboards, were fun. (laughs) Also, my daughter was afraid to come in the room because she thought I was on a Zoom, and when I said, everyone wants to say hi, all of you got quiet for a second, which made her think I really was on a Zoom. (laughs) Funny. (laughs) Turkey Day. turkey day was great here and i hope it was the same for you guys also hoping you have a very merry christmas take care stay safe and stay fun scouts honor mike may matthias
2: thank you scouts honor he yeah loves I,
6: nobody can say his name
2: i um so I, i've been learning final cut pro x <laughs> lately and as i was editing the youtube part of the or i guess the video part of the show for youtube i started just adding more and more graphics and yeah, I had a a scoreboard going every time we would ask (laughs) a guest like, uh, okay, here's your four choices. (laughs) Do you sleep in the tent with Buck 30? Do you sleep in the tent with Onion? And like, I was literally keeping a tally as people answered and I don't think Buck 30 actually won. I think it was a tie at the end. I'll have to go back and look. But um, a lot of people chose the ex-lovers thing, which I never... That didn't make sense to me it's like so weird
6: I, yeah that'd be my last choice but i mean I if know. you're pining over some x then maybe but no you had to the, but the if choice, it was one that had done you wrong yeah. Or, yeah and it was all of them so it's not like, 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 like,
1: you
5: think, in,
6: though,
1: like yeah 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 gross like
5: x
6: lovers i think i think people had different ideas yeah yeah
1: when I think of ex-lovers, it's like a catalog of I think of people had different choices. ideas when you were like,
6: can I sleep with all my ex-lovers at the same time? I think ew. that's what they were thinking.
1: Gross. Ugh. I, I don't know. I don't understand that because, like, hey, there's a reason tiring. we're not together anymore. <laughs> like, no thank you. That's ew.
2: I'm 44. I don't have that kind of energy anymore.
1: Everyone's <laughs> got their thing. I guess, but I mean... Okay, so maybe throw me in the tent with, like, five new people that are all, you know, spicy and sexy. But, like, all the other people, they're all my age and older and all, like, wrinkled and gross. And, like, I don't even like them anymore. No. Ew. No, thank you.
2: <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> also, uh, as an update. There was an, <laughs> <That's> Idaho. an, <laughs> Idaho. There was an Idaho Wait, wait is this Montana a related <laughs> Yes. There was an Idaho versus Montana contest and i think i gave idaho most of the points probably because i spent more time there but um cliff kipps sent me a picture of the dirty shame from montana yeah and i i think it pushed montana up to the top
2: we should post it
1: we should because that it had a lot going on in the photo
2: is it, it was, is it more crazy than the idaho dirty shame
1: well the idaho dirty shame just looks like a dive bar yeah The Montana Dirty Shame has got a lot going on. Like, what do you mean? There's a lot of flags. I think there were a bunch of motorcycles. I don't know. He sent me the photo, and I was like, whoa. I
0: was
1: like, you should have sent me that picture during the show, because I'll have to look it up.
6: So Maybe a late comeback for Montana. Yeah. All
2: right, folks, we're going to take another break. When we come back, we've got a very special guest wesley crusher tremble he's going to talk to us about his short film that just came out so don't go anywhere
3: Hi, this is Tomato, and I never listen to the trail show.
1: Crusher!
2: Hey, what's hey, up, hey, Crusher?
8: Howdy. How are you guys hey. doing?
1: Good, welcome Excellent. to the show, man. Good. Crusher, hey. you just shaved. <laughs>
8: <laughs> <laughs> I've cut a couple inches off in 2020, but you know.
1: <laughs> Dude, I haven't, wow. I haven't seen you in a long time, and when I saw the film... I was like, wow, his beard is so long. Because some of that footage was recent, I think.
8: Yeah, some of it, uh, I think, was like two summers ago. Okay. yeah.
1: All right, let me do a a
2: proper introduction. Tonight, very special guest, Wesley Crusher-Tremble joins us. Uh, Crusher, the last time you were on the trail show was April of 2018, show 70. You talked to us about your work with the American Hiking Society. Quick plug, AmericanHiking.org. Go check them out. Are you still with the American Hiking Society?
8: Yep, I still still work for um, American Hiking. That's two for two. Wow. Oh,
2: yeah. our, our previous guest, she is still working for the conservation organization that she was also the last time she was on the show. Now, is it
1: American Hiking or is it America Hiking? <laughs> American Hiking. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, there's an a, to Clarify a that's... at
5: the beginning. And that's also not to be confused with Merkin Hiking Society. No, that's uh, a
8: completely (laughs) different thing. Not not
5: safe for work. Not safe for (laughs) work.
8: I don't think that's an ORG. I think that's like a .com or something.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
5: Yeah.
2: .XXX. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's let's talk about the film. So Crusher, I didn't know that you were a short filmmaker, but there's like 18 films on your Vimeo page. So we can talk about that in a minute we we got you on tonight to talk about um your latest short film which is called within weakness and yeah. has it officially been released or, or are we still like a little pre to the release
8: uh pre to the release i guess by when when the show goes live it will be the premiere yeah. will be you know old news at that point but
2: okay yeah and when is the premiere
8: the premiere is on december 17th um and I've um, reached out to um, a number of organizations that work on the 14ers, One of which um, is the Rocky Mountain Field Institute, and they um, kind of put together a, a virtual screening of the film. So I'm excited to, uh, yeah, have an, uh kind of a virtual premiere with um, with them.
2: So are nice. you gonna do like a Q and A after the film or before or how, how's that gonna work? Yeah.
8: Um, it's So the film is only like 12 minutes long, so it's not, you know, it's not a very long film, um, but we're going to do, um, we're going to have a panel with uh, myself and um, a couple other panelists from uh, the National uh, Forest Foundation, as well as uh, the Forest Service, um, talking about um, conservation work on the 14ers, uh, and then there will be like a Q&A as well. So as, this is
1: like a warm-up for you tonight
8: exactly
1: (laughs) and so by the time the show does come out i think that will already have passed how will people be able to watch the film um, when this show is aired and after
8: sure there's a couple ways Um, for one um rocky mountain field institute will have it on their website um and so it's going to be at um, and i'll send you guys the link so you guys can put that in the show notes but it's renfi so uh, rnfi.org and then forward slash within weakness and so that's just within dash weakness um and then it'll also be on my website once it goes um after the premiere sometime probably in december or january i'll uh release it to the interwebs uh probably via youtube and vimeo so um people can uh also see more about the the project on my website which is just uh wesleytrimble.com
0: excellent
8: not katiegerber.com. just no
2: just, you know, <laughs> so there, there's no confusion yeah. there okay thank you and
1: just a footnote uh the trail show did make a donation to Rimfee, since there was a suggested donation fee so since all five of us watched it we made a donation so
8: yeah i'm super ex- excited about that. check that thank box you so, much. so so crusher tell us about this film yeah um so I grew up, um, or was born with a mild form of cerebral palsy that affects the right half of my body, Um, and so this film specifically um, is kind of my 19-year journey of climbing all of the Colorado 14ers, or the 54 list of 14ers here in Colorado. Um, And so the film um, really—it took me like four years to put the film together. for a variety of reasons, and in some ways, I feel like the story um, the storyline kind of chose me in many ways like there's a lot of um, kind of twists and turns in the, the the story that that were kind of outside of my control. so I felt like it was kind of a project of four years of trying to put this story together that felt a little bit bigger than myself so it's a little bit more than just uh, like a hiking film about someone with like a disability in my mind it's um, I think uh, I kind of went about it or looked at kind of two aspects when putting this video together. One is kind of the conservation aspect of, you know, when I first started doing 14ers in the late 90s, the experience is, was very different than it, than it is uh, today, so I wanted to have some connection to, you know, people um, being aware of and, and helping maintain um, uh, trails and whatnot on the 14ers. Um, and then the other component was like this kind of I've been playing around with this idea of this kind of like paradox I guess you could say between uh, strength and weakness Um, and that is kind of intertwined um, and hence the the title within weakness Um, for me I feel like there's a lot of um, interesting kind of moments in the film that kind of that kind of kind of look at the difference between strength and weakness and how sometimes there's strength within weakness and then sometimes there's weakness within strength um and uh yeah so that's kind of the the overall gist of the film yeah like I don't know how much I should go into detail because you know it's kind of a unique (laughs) film and uh and yeah
2: (laughs) well let me ask you this did so first of all you know I've known you for a couple years now I didn't I never even knew that you had done all the 14ers. Did you, did you finish most of them before your PCT hike or, or not?
8: Yeah, I think before PCT I had done probably uh, somewhere around 50 of them maybe okay. like upper 40s by the time I had done the PCT. Yeah, and that's, that's the other unique thing about this project is I didn't really pick up like photography or videography until um, you know the last few years. And so, yeah, really, it, it was really like footage from just the last two, the Maroon Bells, is, is kind of where I was like, I think there could be a story, um, you know, to be told here." So I, like, you know, spent some time uh, getting footage on those, those two climbs, um, and then after, the, uh, after finishing the 14ers, um, and taking some uh, time off, you know, going back and then kind of filling in uh, some of the gaps in the footage. Um, and uh, kind of working through it uh, from that perspective.
5: So as far as the, the process, I mean, you didn't really, you didn't begin climbing fourteeners and think, hey, at the end of this, I'm gonna make a, a short film, right? So it was kind of, did, did you at some point during the process though, go like, hey, you know, maybe I should get out this camera a little bit more uh, because I might wanna do something. I mean, clearly, and I don't wanna say anything about the contents of the film, but clearly there were some things that, towards the end of your journey that, that I could see maybe like making you think, gosh, I should do something now.
8: Yeah, yeah, that, uh, great question. And I think, yeah, part of it is really, um, uh, I think the last kind of couple of years that I started or that I was k- kind of getting the last few 14 years done, I had started to like take just do more photography and a little bit of video on my own. Like I, you know, bought my first like GoPro to like, you know, get some footage of like going across uh, the catwalk on Eolus um, and North Eolus, um, and so like and going up to the top of uh, Sunlight, which is um, a pretty kind of iconic summit of, of the the whole um, of all of the 14ers, um, and so I kind of had some footage from that, but then. Um, you know, the last two is when I was like, yeah, I think there could be a story here. And then so I, I did those climbs. Um, and then kind of after the fact, um, it, it really took me several years, like, in, like, I kind of started and stopped working on this project n- numerous times, because I didn't know like what to do with it. Um, and I think once people watch it, they'll probably kind of understand. Um, <laughs> it's kind of weird, kind of, I don't want to uh, be spoil, uh, spoil it, the yeah. film, but um, there's also, you know, some good things to talk about um, from, from the overall experiences and whatnot. So.
2: Right. You, and real <laughs> quick, you mentioned sunlight, POD. Was that, is sunlight the one where you have to like yep, jump, across jump across that little chasm to get to the true uh-huh. summit block?
1: Yep. I, I recognized that one. I was like, Oh, that's, that's sunlight. Yeah. That's the one in the. So when I went up sunlight, um, MacGyver had told me to not wuss out at the top and do the jump across, which I would never say to anybody. I think you got to make your own decision up there. There's a reason the, the 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 marker is down on the safer ground. But when I went up there, there were two gl- climber guys that I had been seeing all day. I did all four of them, so I saw them in the morning on the first two peaks and. I was always, you know, just a little bit behind them, and they were climbers, and when I got up there, one of them was stuck up on top, like, he got, you know, sewing machine foot and got freaked out, and was like, I, I, you know, he was stuck up there, and I stayed up there for about, you know, 10 or 15 minutes, but there was another couple up there that were kind of joking around, but it wasn't funny, like, you know, making comments about him falling and stuff. And I was like, I laughed because I was just like, I'm, oh, what, whatever. I'm not going to get to do it. But I'm, the, the more people up here, the more uncomfortable this guy is going to get. And then when he does finally jump across, something bad is going to happen because he's, you know, he's scared or whatever. So.
2: So Crusher, you went, jump, you jumped over there?
8: I did. I actually, so I, I've done Sunlight twice. Um, I, oh. The first time I did it, I did it with um, a group from the Colorado Mountain Club. A number of years ago, um, and I I, I jumped across. And we on that trip, um, we actually uh, had taken uh, climbing harnesses and and rope and whatnot. And it's a really hard thing, like it's a really hard thing to protect um, to begin with, uh, regardless. So, so I did it the first time. Um, I crossed over onto the summit block um, and just kind of sat on on kind of the summit block. I didn't get like fully on top of it. but then, like, I kind of like regretted that. And then uh, a number of years later, actually, uh, after I finished the Colorado Trail, um, my parents came down to pick me up in Durango. But before we, before we uh, went back to the Front Range, uh, we went into Chicago Basin and ah, did all those 14ers. Nice. Uh, and then so I did it again. And, and that time, uh, just after doing it the first time, uh, you know, kind of built up the confidence um, to actually. Um, get up and stand on the summit block
0: oh yeah
2: that's what's special (laughs) how how how, i'm sure you guys were like doing you know handstands up on the summit block what what was your experience up there i
5: i i hand tagged it
2: yeah yeah
5: I went up that little. Slab. There was also there was also active electricity going on when we were up there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <so> we were, <laughs> we real, that was like one of the two most electric uh, uh, peaks of, of the entire trip. So we weren't at all interested in spending any time up there. It was like up far enough to be like, boom! All right, here, here's the top tag. Let's go. Let's get like, out of here. We didn't, and you I know, was not about to jump across there.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, Crusher, um, I I the, the film is great. It really was um very well put together and thoughtful and I think you did a good job of of um highlighting and, and appreciating and respecting various people who appear in the film. Um the thing that's interesting to me is that you call it um you know within within weakness, is that the title? Yeah. Yeah. So The interesting thing for me is because I'm a special education teacher, I I work with students who have mostly um, different types of learning disabilities, but I do work with some students who have physical disabilities as well. And part of my training is to work with a strength-based profile, right? So looking towards, towards their strengths to teach them how to navigate life so that they can be successful. And the Within Weakness title actually reminds me of when I was teaching in Denver and there was a deaf program at my school. And I started to get involved in deaf culture, lowercase c, a little bit. Um, and I took some sign language classes and there's this thing called deaf gain where people who are deaf believe that being deaf is is an advantage in many ways. And part of that there They're way more in tune with people's body language and unspoken communication, um, things like that. And so I I was thinking about that title as I was watching the film and I was thinking about your physical limitations. And I thought um, with physical limitations, uh, I'm sure that you have to train more and also be more aware of how am I putting my feet? Where am I putting my feet? Which foot do I put to do that move? And I do think that within the, that framework, um, in some ways, I think that you're likely a safer climber than someone who doesn't have to think as, that specifically about the moves that they're doing.
5: Wow, well, well, you know, POD, uh, sorry, I, I just want to interrupt sorry. real quick and say, I actually had an, an almost identical thought when I was watching this because... Yeah. Uh, you know, people, um, are, are, I think often, uh, get caught up on what can go wrong when they're taking a step, especially for instance, you know, on, on something like the, uh, the capital knife edge or something like that. Right. Um, and, and I always kind of come back to this idea of, well, you've got a lot of experience knowing where to put the next foot and putting it, but I feel like I, you know, one thing I thought. For you was like that that's an active thing, so that's it's fascinating p o d that you actually had that same kind of kind of thought
8: it's such a interesting concept to me because I feel like you know I, in the film I do talk a little bit about like managing the inherent risks of mountaineering like I mean mountaineering is inherently risky like for anyone, and then obviously with someone with a disability or cerebral palsy in, in my case, like that is elevated and so I think for me it took a lot more like confidence building, Um, you know, it it was literally a 19-year project, you know, started, you know, I started when I was nine. Um, It took many years to get into those class three and class four um, peaks. Um, And so, yeah, I I definitely, like, I've never heard of that concept of uh, death gain, um, but it definitely makes sense. I can definitely, comprehend that because I think that's kind of like that in and of itself is like what I was talking about with the kind of the paradox between like mm-hmm. strength and weakness like that there you know some people may have limitations but that there's like strengths with within that that are kind of uncovered um and and revealed and so that's very much kind of like my overall um, experience with the 14 ers of realizing um it's so interesting I think with with just our culture um it's like we're very like like weakness diverse or uh averse um so we really want to avoid weakness and we always like you know we always talk about our strengths and and we really try to put our best foot forward and whatnot but sometimes i feel like um i feel like and and i think this year especially like with covid i feel like people have like experienced that like there is kind of this fragility with uh humanity and as individuals that like i think is a little more apparent now than than like uh, pre-COVID. Um, and, and that's very much kind of like my experience of like um, like being able to like sit with that um, and not necessarily feel like you have to like overcome cerebral palsy or overcome these things to to like find a fulfilling life that you know through these things that, um, that like in and of itself there is um, an interesting journey to be had um, and that you know is part of what you know put or what made me want to put this film together in the end.
1: Well, it's really great. I appreciate you sharing your, um, your journey. I, I I do. It's, it's interesting what you say, you know, I, I, I do think that because we're a very individualistic society and a capitalist society, there's an idea of like always success, always growth, you know, and, 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 you know, even though we've come a long way, um, with, You know, Americans with Disabilities Act and all those things, it's still, um, I think, difficult to have a disability and have people see you, have people not see you as solely defined by that as opposed to the strengths that are inherent or a result of a limitation in another area.
5: Yeah, I think one of the things about uh, growth of any kind is that it almost always seems to come um, as as like a pushback or a resistance, you know, if you don't have a a headwind uh, to to pedal against or whatever, you don't get as strong. Um, and and I, I think to me that that was sort of one of the things that is, seemed to be like at work in the film was the exploration of how um, cerebral palsy offered a a, a, a a thing f- for you to push back against that, that maybe if it had not been there, maybe that wouldn't even have been as like, you wouldn't have been as like keen to go out and, and get all the 14ers done or something like that. Not that you, I feel like you ever, I don't know. Yeah. I think it was definitely a a pushback.
8: Yeah, absolutely. I've thought about that a lot, actually. Like, because there, you know, I feel like w- when I tend to get into a like dark place, I feel like sometimes I, I want to play like the what if game of like, oh, man, I, I, I was able to, like, hike the PCT with CP or I was able to do all the 14 ers with CP. Like, what would I, I have been able to do, like, with if, if if the right side of my body was as strong as the left side? And it's, like, man, like, maybe I, I would be, like, a uh, dirt monger and be able to do, like, some of the major routes that, you know, I just know are beyond beyond my, my capacity at this point. Um, and so I think part of that is, like, realizing that, like, I have to kind of, like, shut down uh from being able to think or from thinking those thoughts uh, Because I think like you said Ja uh, are special that um, that like it's it's impossible to know like what would have happened like if, if I would have not had CP like if I would have had as much interest or drive to do the 14ers um so yeah it's one of those things that uh, it's something that I've, I've thought about some, but- Instead
5: day, you would have just got into professional gaming and you'd be like uh, the, the, the number two <laughs> ranked person at Tony Hawk skateboard game or something.
8: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and it's kind of interesting because I feel like 14 ers was like one of the first things I remember the, the second, uh, the second group of 14 ers that I did uh, were grazing uh, Tories And towards the top of Gray's, you know, I was about, I think I was 11 at the time. Um, You know, getting um, probably like 13.5, like I just kind of got the second wind and like just really like dominated the last like 500 feet um, of the climb. Um, And and, like, so I feel like that was like one of the first times in my life I felt like I like, like actually did something like better than some people or like, you know, I feel like like growing up, especially like in elementary school, like PE class, like I was always like the worst at everything. Um, mm. And and so like, it was like one of the first experiences that I had that I was like, oh, like something clicked. And this is, is kind of like, it kind of tapped into some core aspect of my identity. And so I think that is kind of what fueled the whole fire for for like the 14er project as a whole. That's great. Yeah, Another go ahead.
6: I loved about the the movie was the theme of like families and passing down um just like the love of outdoors to your children. I like that really touched me like I don't know, I love that cuz that's I I still remember my mom taking me hiking when I was a little kid and that's like what fueled my love so like seeing that in the movie, you know, your your parents to you and you to your children was like amazing i don't know i don't really have a question there but <laughs> i love that you team. know
1: when i first when we first moved to, i think it was salida um and i started doing a few more 14ers i think this is where it was it may have been the oxford belford now that i'm remembering anyway there was a young kid maybe nine or ten or something going up there and we were all on the final bit together and it seemed like he was struggling a little bit and i was like hey good job man you know whatever And then when they got to the top, just minutes after we got to the top, and he, like, raised his hands up and was like, all right, number 25. And I was like, oh, damn. (laughs) Like, I was like, oh, I'm going to encourage this kid. I was like, yeah, I have, like, five. Oh. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, ooh.
2: He encouraged (laughs) you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Hey, congrats.
2: Yeah. Anyway. Well, I tell you what, I think we're going to go on to our next segment. But again, for more information on the film, go to rmfi.org slash within weakness.
1: And while you're there, please make a donation.
2: Yeah. Remfi yeah,
8: Very it, appreciative. Quick plug
2: for Remfi. What are they? Who are they? What do they do? Can yeah. You even, so
8: yeah. they're a trail organization uh, based in Carter Springs. They do a lot of work primarily in the uh, southern part of Colorado. Um, and so in terms of 14ers, a, a couple of things that they've been working on a lot late, lately is uh, Kit Carson and Challenger, yeah, um, cool. as well as several things, uh, several routes on Pikes Peak, um, as well, and they do a lot more than just 14ers. Um, but that was the connection um, to uh, to that organization. Um, it was actually a uh, quick <laughs> side note um, before we transition, but uh, when I was coming down from Crestone Needle uh, from Broken Hand Pass uh, when I was uh, like just graduated high school I ran into a Renfee crew that was working on the trail growing up uh, Broken Hand Pass and that was what sparked my interest in doing uh, trail work and so for each of the four summers after or during college um, I worked with Rocky Mountain Youth Corps um, so it's, it's fun to have kind of that connection to Renfee that like they played kind of a critical role in where I am now with American hiking. So. Yeah, well, I went nice. up
1: the needle this summer, and I came down Broken Hand Pass, and Rimfy needs to go back out there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 well, we <saw> the, <laughs> uh,
5: hopefully, what they're doing up there uh, uh, on Kit Carson and. Um, uh, yeah, there's there's a, a section up there where peop, there's been a number of fatalities because Ugh. it's easy to lose the trail, and then when people try to get back to it, they. So oh, wow, hopefully, well, yeah, hopefully, the, some of the the work that they do up there can can help people stay on the route. I think that's, that's actually one thing that's great about about donating to a, an organization um, that does work on fourteeners like that is that you're you actually kind of are helping to save people's lives in a way because. The, it, you know, yeah. in some places, like following a trail is nice. In other places, it's required. It's pretty
1: important. Yeah. Sure. And I, also, it, it, it's not only just saving people's lives, but if you, for those of you who aren't familiar, for example, from the lake, Willow Lake, up to the top of Kit Carson, it's a mess. And the alpine environment is suffering because of the braided trail and all the mm-hmm. mess that's up there. And same thing with, with Broken Hand Pass. I mean, it's just a big, you know, rotten slide from the top, you know, mm. 400 feet down. i just destroyed, it's just dirt because they're, you know, yeah. It's not yeah. pleasant to come down, I'll tell you that.
2: Yeah, we saw, we saw Rimphy Cruise at, um, at the, below the lake up on the way up to Carson yeah. and Challenger earlier this summer. They had a good number of people out there they always do all kind of surveys and it was cool to see them all right again the movie's called within weakness crusher thanks so much for joining us tonight and
8: having me have a good premiere on thursday
5: yeah great seeing you
2: again
8: see you as well
5: congratulations on the film and the finish
8: thank you
2: very good and real quick any 2021 plans outdoor plans
8: uh nothing major at this point okay. uh, with a three-year-old uh, we, we took uh, my daughter backpacking for the first time last summer so there will be oh, cool. some backpacking to come but now that she'll be spending less time in the kids carrier it'll probably be very short but still looking to right. to get out more um probably spend most of the time in colorado but so nothing yeah. major all and right. I've seen
1: lots of pictures of you carrying the child, you're a beast.
8: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
1: Kids are heavy.
2: How much does that kid weigh right now?
8: <laughs> so pack uh like basic pack uh plus kid is approaching uh the weight limit of the pack, which is like uh four uh forty-eight pounds Ooh. Uh, uh, <laughs> and you know with
5: carrying a with carrying a kid too, it's not like you can can condense all of that into like one nice little uh, bundle yeah. and stick you it in put that nice in a little like, right yeah, exactly you know <laughs> it's, it's, true. Like, it's out there flopping around
6: everywhere 48. yeah absolutely
8: and and i also think it's uh kind of interesting like you it's a whole new learning experience with kids like i felt like i, I knew what i was doing before kids but now like post kids like remember like forgetting the favorite like uh, stuffed animal in the car, and then you have to go back for it, and all that fun stuff. Oh man! So it's a Thanks. whole new game. But I haven't <laughs> carried this much weight since like my like youth core days. So it's right. quite, <laughs> quite, quite the, the challenge. But uh, I'll be happy when when she uh, can can do decent hikes on her own. But yeah, will enjoy getting out as a family.
1: Awesome, cool. Well, Thanks for
8: joining us, man. Thank you. Talk to you guys later. All right. All right. Thank you,
2: Alright, we gotta take a break. When we come back, we've got Ask a Hiker with some hotline calls?
8: This is all good, and I never listen to the Trail Show.
2: The Trail Show is back. Have we had any beer changes since the last break?
5: I am still. I'm like sipping the last little bit of my sipping pretty.
2: Yeah, I finished mine, but I'm trying to hydrate before I dehydrate. Wow, my beverages—it's kind of see-through. So, delo is is somewhere south of us right now, um, on a border and he's not here to do Ask a Hiker, but luckily enough, we had a couple of folks call in that are going to, I guess, stand in
9: for d
6: Yeah. Yeah, it'll probably be much more direct than d but here we go.
9: What's up, trail show? This is Steve, swept away hood. What?
6: Come on, I can't...
9: It's It's too long. This is Steve... Swept away, but last TTS, you guys called me Robin, so I'm going with that from now on. Hood. Happy? <laughs> All right. So I got to ask a hiker request, I think. A year ago, I may or may not have hiked up and down Brassel Bald, Ball, the high, high point in Georgia, after parking in the visitor parking, which was a $5 fee, but I only had $2 in my wallet. Ooh. I may or may not have only put that $2 in my wallet and then hyped it anyways. So please, trail show, what is my penance? I cannot live another day with this weighing on my heart. So I look forward to hearing from you, or at least I would if I ever listen to the trail show, which I don't.
2: I've got good news for for Steve, swept away last show, Robin Hood, last balls, Steve, (laughs) swept away hood. The good news is that, there's a really good chance that at some point, probably the same week that he only spent $2 on that fee, there was a guy who had a $10 bill. And even though the fee was five bucks, he didn't have a $5 bill. So he put his $10 bill in. And not only did that cover the $3 that Steve didn't pay, but it covered a little more. So. I think he, I think he's in the clear. I think, you know, karma, I think he's okay.
1: I think it's fine.
6: I think it all evens I it agree. out.
1: I think so. Just, yeah.
6: I think you should pay when you, when you have it, obviously. But some days you just don't have the right dollars in your wallet. Yeah. yeah one thing you could I, do I for penance say, is to, like,
2: pay, much. you know, the next, uh, maybe next time he goes to a trailhead and it's five bucks, eh, pay ten, throw ten bucks in there.
5: There's your penance. Yep, if if you're that worried about it, yeah, you can always pay twice next time.
6: Yeah, or pick up some toilet paper
5: that you see next. Yeah, time. or Ooh. some
6: party panties.
5: Oh, actually, you know what? Uh, yeah. strike <laughs> everything that we've said. Your penance is to pick up some trash.
2: <laughs> there it is. But, is there it? Is
6: how many pieces of toilet paper per dollar? Is there a going rate? What about party uh, panties? It's per well, pound. I mean, like <laughs> little. <laughs>
5: you pound. know what? I I think that I think you'll know when you've picked up enough trash If It's stained. To, it counts a little more. Yeah.
1: Yes. Well, it's heavier if it's got poo yeah, on it. That's
5: true. I mean, when that's I play true. Trash Pocket, I always give myself extra points for anything that's big or gross. Yeah, definitely.
1: I mean, when I'm shoving poo paper in my pocket, I give myself extra points for that because then I have to also pack out those pants and dispose of them afterwards. <laughs>
2: Oh my god!
6: Okay, so All right, what you else we got? Three pounds of toilet paper from a trailhead, and you're you're good to go. All right, here's the next question. Hey now, there's sweat over here. Peace and love. I just I'm stopping <laughs> it for a second <laughs> to point out. Yeah, Trail Show Nation, that every time Disco uh, hears Bear Sweats, he's like a dog when they hear their favorite treat bag opening and their head shoots up. <laughs> <and cracks. laughs> like, oh, They're Bear Sweats call. Oh, so man. you're doing a good job, Bear Sweats. All right, it. here we go. Here we go. We're going to keep going. Call
9: in for some Trail Show help, ethical debate. So is it wrong to cut from the softwood trees in the holiday season? That are clustered together, you know, thin them out a little bit, and bunch them with a couple other thinned-out trees from ones that you don't think, or you know, aren't going to grow to be adult trees, and make a uniformed Christmas tree for the kids, of course. Even if it's considered poaching in your local town forest, you know, we're just we're just looking for some some trail show answers during this crazy time of year, crazy year, all that fun stuff. Peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs> that oh. be all the things. Say, hey, Peanut. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Be good. I'll
4: be good at it. Be, be good, good or be good at, be good at,
2: at it. it. I'm going to start saying that to my kids. There's our hashtag for show 101. So there's a thing called timber theft. Um, I don't want to get too into the weeds with my line of work, but <laughs> now I would just say that, it's a bad idea to cut trees on property. That is not yours. If you do not have a permit
5: and
1: unless you're good at it,
5: <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, it's funny. I wasn't picking up on that subtext and what he was saying.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, mean, great.
2: <laughs> but I if, say go for it. You know, if it honestly, if it was in the West, he said softwood trees which means trees with needles so pine trees mm-hmm. you know spruce fir blah 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 if that was Those in the west spruce and fir are not pine trees
1: <laughs> i know how I know.
2: dare you how <laughs> dare you anyway she's trying to sidetrack me people i'm not gonna let her get in my head okay <laughs> uh if it were in the rocky Mountain west i would say like that's probably good like we've got an overabundance of softwood trees from 100 years of putting out every fire we can as quickly as we can and if you're going to take out one or two it's, you know thinning for wildfire mitigation is what pops up in my head but back east he's in maine it's a little bit of a different story they don't have the wildfire situations that we <laughs> Those do but...
1: forests in maine are so dense come on
2: they are dense but it's a town park like pod come on i say take them out I, I just say, like... Just be just be good uh, at it. I don't know. Trish, legal.
6: Uh, <laughs> what do you... What, where do you weigh in on this? I, I think, you know, you got to always think of, like, what if everyone did it? So, if everyone yeah. was taking these trees, you're going to have a playing field pretty soon. If Piece you're going to take the trees anyway, then I would be inclined to try and take them in a way that doesn't look like you took them so that others aren't encouraged to also take more trees
1: but i appreciate that he took all the like trees that weren't gonna grow you know
6: that's kind of kind of
1: what
2: we did for our christmas yeah we did
1: we went out in our yard and we looked at all the trees that had a split top or or in the some, shade some of kind a bigger of deformity. tree yeah because yeah. those yeah. ones aren't gonna make it
2: and we actually picked the one closest to our house yeah which you know
1: fire mitigation the,
2: yeah we live in the WUI, the wildland urban interface so the less trees that are closer That's to right. your With house w- the better your house has a chance of surviving the next wildfire
1: good Just job like, bear sweats i want to send me a picture of your tree your tree made up of many trees i want to see a picture yeah it's like
6: a franken tree it sounds yeah. so-
5: So I guess we've decided to say you're, you're either a scoundrel or, or doing the Lord's work. (laughs) Maybe both at the same time, just perspective, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
2: All right. Any more hotline, ask a hiker calls
6: triple. That is all. Okay. No more questions this month. Well, without
2: further ado, we should do a, a quick gear review. If we have one. But first let's rock out
1: Let's rock out anyway
2: <laughs> Okay <laughs> Who's got a tent stake this month
1: I have an idea
2: Okay. Ooh. Not for this
1: month but for next month but okay. I'd like to pitch right now okay. Here's my idea Okay. Next month we review How we can use Things that we got for Christmas As tent stakes
5: <laughs> I like it mm, Interesting
0: Okay. So try to
1: try to find the most unlikely thing that, like if you get ten steaks for Christmas, well then obviously you know.
0: There's that's
1: that. That there's that.
5: This or is going to be t- this is going to be tough for me because as a <laughs> as a lifelong non-celebrator of Christmas, I don't really get any yeah. Christmas presents. <laughs> uh, so, okay, there it uh, is right there. Uh, this Charlton might donation. Be
2: tough.
1: So,
2: tent steaks. Specialist
1: is going to talk about how to use junk mail as tent steaks. <laughs> Credit That's card what you got to do is you got to roll it up real
5: tight and then dip it in the shellac.
6: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Unless that one aunt that still sends me a Christmas present comes through, I'm going to be in trouble too. Oh,
1: you know, Tylen's going to get you stuff for Christmas. Come on.
6: <laughs> but is she
2: going
1: to get you tent steaks? No. Person. No, it's that's it's not a matter of it being a tent
5: stick, it's a matter no, of like, like what you could it, what you could yeah, improvise exactly. as a tent
6: stick. It needs to not isn't go- is, is no Christmas celebrator. That's part of the know. reason why I married her.
2: Oh, so you didn't <laughs> you <laughs> want to <laughs> do presents? I love it.
6: <laughs> <laughs> is she standing and
5: looking at you right
2: now? She's Still,
6: wearing a t-shirt like, right now that says like all twice, she wants for up. Christmas is the means of production with a picture of Karl Marx on it. <laughs> so I don't think I'm getting any any Christmas presents.
1: Alright, well, we'll see. We'll check in and we'll see. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh-huh. By the way, Triple O is in Florida right now. And I think we could do a whole show on different things you would find in, you know, your average, your average mile of the Florida Trail that could probably be Repurposed into a tent stake, there's a lot of various plant yeah. life, and uh, who knows, like an alligator, alligator tooth. Teeth. Yeah, maybe <laughs> well, we, should,
6: we might have to just go out and hike a mile of the Florida Trail here. It's I mean, you mean
0: you,
1: you, you haven't already hike a mile of the Florida Trail, and then when you come back, go through everything that's in your trash pocket to see what you can yeah. use as a tent stake. All there right. you go. All right.
5: Or or you could go kayak a mile of the of the Florida Trail.
6: Yeah.
2: <laughs> grab us or some roller, video.
6: You could roller skate it. And dune buggy it. Roller you could blade. go. You could go down to
5: where there's the street performers and have them fashion for you some like little foot kayaks made out of the balloons. You know, <laughs> and, and and then you can and then you can use that to to go do your mile
2: on
0: the Florida oh, Trail.
5: God. Send us some video, Triple O. We'll
2: post it.
6: All right, will do.
2: Dispatches from the FT in December. (laughs) It's the perfect time of the year to be on the Florida Trail, right? That's true. Except when it's 30 degrees at night up in northern Florida.
0: Yeah, it's not that bad. It's not
2: bad. All right. Well, right outside of Trail Show Studios here in Salata, Colorado, at the moment, it is 17 degrees. So. (laughs) Balmy. A little cold here in chafee county
5: i went up to uh rocky mountain um on sunday and it was 12 degrees here when i left my house Ooh. and it was 12 degrees at the parking lot except at the parking lot the wind was ripping at like many <laughs> many, many miles an hour so it was
2: way did you go up there to look feeling. at the
1: perseids
5: geminids no
1: the geminids i mean Mm-mm. oh
2: no oh. i i just gotta say real quick Geminids peaked Sunday night. I saw 30 Geminids in 30 minutes. So I was averaging 1 a minute and I was <laughs> I was in my hot tub looking up at the sky. It was blissful. No. I've never seen that many meteors in like in a night ever. And in that short of a time span. Well, we
1: normally can't stay up that long because it's cold and we're like sitting in a chair with our sleeping bags shivering. Yeah. But it turns out when you have a hot tub, it's a lot easier to just hang out outside and look at the stars in the middle of winter. Who nice. It's a trail uh, tip for you. That's a trail, trail, trail tip.
5: tip. Hot tub. It's like a, it's like
2: a new tub. feature
1: of the hot tub. Yeah. Spying anyway.
2: Buying meteors. All right, folks, this is the part of the show. Where we end the show. I want to thank everyone for tuning in today. Big thanks goes to Shira for talking to us about her hike of the Blue Mountain Trail, which I want to start calling the Blue MT or the Bloom Ooh, T yeah. or the Bum T or one of those teas. Thanks goes to special guest Wesley Crusher Trimble for talking to us about his short film Within Weakness. Go check it out. It's 12 minutes of your life. You're going to be blown away. I guarantee it. Definitely worth a watch. Yep. And thanks and praise to all our monthly PayPal donors. Get yourself a brand new Trail Show sticker for a $15 or more donation at paypal.me slash the Trail Show. Or just go to thetrailshow.com and click the PayPal button. You can always find us at thetrailshow.com. We're on Twitter at TrailShow. We're on NCNFB at The Trail Show. We're on the Stitcher app, Google Podcasts app, Apple Podcasts app, and Spotify. Another trail show is come and gone, and so has 2020. But don't fret. We'll be back in 2021 for more beers, trails, and nonsense. Until then, for POD, Special 41, Triple O, D-Lo in absentia, She-Ra and Crusher, I'm Disco. Ciao. Bye. Don't 2020 Adios. don't let the door hit you on the Bye-bye. way
1: out. No. Nope, you got hey, to um, spread um, the word. You, um, spread the word and stir the turd. That's right.
6: <laughs> that's right. Stay
2: positive <laughs> and test negative.
6: 2020 the mud falcon of you. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah. The entire- just, just remember to burn lots of sage or whatever on new year's because we gotta we gotta get 2021 off to the right start out with the bad voodoo and in with the good
1: uh you know people like apparently it's a thing to get an ornament for every year which seems crazy really yeah people get these ornaments that have the year and they have some thing theme that happened of the year you know whatever and there's i've seen a lot of them that are like have toilet what's, paper rolls or whatever for what's 2020. 2020 ornament i saw one that was a 2020 it's the numbers on top of a it looks like those giant green dumpsters but it's tiny because it's an ornament and one of the black lids is open and there's a giant fire <laughs> a dumpster fire Dumpster fire yeah
2: <laughs> yep
1: that sounds, uh, anyway. that
2: sounds pretty accurate
5: I, I don't oh. think we should disparage dumpster fires. I mean that because you know a dumpster <laughs> fire is just a large trash can fire, and 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 you know it's I think I think it's time honored American hobo tradition to to warm your hands around a a, a fire sure. in a trash can. So the bum drums, it's, you know a bum. Yeah. yeah.
1: All right. Is that, that it. I had to drink some that more that water. See, yeah.
5: See you
2: on the other side. All yeah. right. Show. Hasta la vista, baby.
1: As soon as you're going to pinch that off, let's, let's have a talk. I'll be right here.
4: Back in my day, we carried thousands of pounds on our backs. And... I don't trust people that don't
2: drink water. I just don't.
1: I mean, when I'm shoving poop paper in my pocket, I give myself extra points for that.